All right, well, we are continuing a series called The Slow Lane, and I don't know if you've missed any of the installments of that, but you can always check that out online. You can also download our app to find out more information about it. But basically, The Slow Lane is all about this idea that we as people seem to be in a hurry. Many of us are wanting to live in the fast lane, and what I've discovered and what I feel like God has been communicating to me recently is that the slow lane is really where it's at. Our desire to stay in the fast lane is the thing that's actually hurting us. It's the thing that's keeping us from being able to hear God's voice. And, and I wanted to start with uh, the series verse, and that is out of Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 25. And I'll read it to you and, and, and just kind of take it in, all right? Just take this in. Jeremiah 2, verse 25. Slow down, the prophet says. For some of us, that's just enough. I think about how in many ways we're being forced to slow down right now. As we look around the situation, look around our culture and, and with the challenges that we're facing with this virus, there's a part of us that we really are being forced to slow down. And I just love that the prophet is saying to each one of us, hey, take a deep breath. What's the hurry? What is it that... that you're looking for? What is it that you're after anyway? Why are you wearing yourself out? I think that's such an important statement, important idea that the prophet is giving to us. And, and so we've talked about how important it is that we see that as you look around the gospel, as you look around uh, the life and activity of Jesus, he was never in a hurry. At no point when you look through the Gospels do you see that Jesus was in a hurry. He, he wasn't running around. He wasn't wringing his hands. He wasn't, he wasn't thinking, oh, no, I don't have enough time to get done whatever it is that I need to get done. He knew what he was supposed to do, and he was calculating, but he was never in a hurry. And I think it's so important for us as people to begin to grab hold of that idea because I believe right now more than, more than anything, we need to be able to learn to slow down because when we move at a particular pace, we miss things. We miss what God is doing. We miss his voice. We can't hear him. And I just think that this is something that we all need to be able to see. You know, doctors have been talking about how there is this kind of, they've identified it as a hurry sickness that many of us maybe are experiencing that. And it affects us physically, emotionally, spiritually. And so we've been kind of looking at that idea and how is it that we're able to maintain a life that we can hear from God. And I believe it's, it's, it's so essential that we see that we've got to slow down. If we're ever going to hear from God, if we're ever going to be able to put into practice the things that he wants us to put into practice, we have to learn to slow down. And one of the key ways that we do that is we have to learn to pray more. We have to pray first. We have to put this as a priority because I, I don't know about you, but, but it's true in my life that sometimes once I get into the slow lane, what I want to be able to do is just kind of start to move back into the fast lane. And the great thing about prayer is it teaches me to slow down. It teaches me to listen more and to really begin to order my life properly. We've talked about spiritual order and how important that is. We've talked about this question, how is your soul? How, how is your soul right now? What, well, how's your thinking? What, what's going on in your thinking? What's going on in your emotions and your feelings right now? And, 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 and these are the questions that we have to wrestle with because if we never gauge properly, 
Our spiritual order, things get out of order. We talked about how it can be an alignment issue and that the alignment issue starts to pull the car in one direction or the other. And many of our lives right now are maybe being pulled in one direction or the other. Some of us are headed towards the ditch. And we have to see that God has a better way for us. God has a better plan for us. And man, I tell you right now, I just, I don't, I did not plan this, but God did. I believe that God spoke this word into my heart to share with the people right now because this is what we need to hear. We need to learn to slow down. We need to learn to focus on God because this virus is crippling our ability to see what God is doing. How quickly does fear come on your life day to day? Moment by moment sometimes. You're listening to a news story. You're listening to some uh, thing on Twitter or Facebook or whatever it is. You know, someone texts you and tells you this, that, or the other. And when that happens, man, I don't know about you, but I've found that it's so quick for me to begin to move over into the fast lane, to begin to, 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 to worry and to begin to fear. And, 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 and the truth is simply this, and I, I want you to hear this. This is from Jesus And he's saying it to you and to me. And and, and this is what he says. He says, my purpose is to give you a rich and satisfying life. That's his purpose. Even in the challenges that you're facing right now, that's still his purpose. And so if that's his purpose, then that means it's available to us. Our God is not a liar. And so if that is what he says can happen, then that's what can happen in my life, even in the midst of crisis. Even in the midst of the challenges that we face today, I just believe this. And so what I want to ask you to do is put on your blinker, merge on over to the slow lane, and spend some time hearing from God. Because I believe that when you do, you're going to begin to rightly understand and see what's going on. You're going to start to focus on the things that you need to focus on and not be focused on the things that are going to bring you down, the things that are going to ruin you, the things that the enemy wants more than anything to steal, kill, and destroy in your life, which is peace and joy and all those things. That's what he wants to take from you. And so let's get back in the slow lane. Let's keep focused on God as we deal with some of the challenges that we're facing. And this is kind of what I came to. I actually twist or change this message series up a little bit because of what we were dealing with. I had some other things I was going to talk about. And so I had to adjust because doesn't it feel like right now we're having to adjust even moment by moment sometimes because we're getting new information. It's like the world is moving so fast. This virus is moving so fast that I have to be able to slow it down a little bit and begin to focus on the right things. And that's what this, 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 what I want to say to you today and over the next couple of weeks is just, I want to look at this idea and I'll share it with you. It's, it's, if we are going to live in the slow lane, we must be reminded of who God is, what he's promised and what he's done. When you're starting to fear, when you're starting to look at everything around you, you've got to come back to center. You've got to get back in the slow lane, understanding who your God is, what he's about, and what he said he's going to do. Because quite frankly, that's the only thing that's going to get you through. And so the Bible tells us to fix our eyes on Jesus, 
to fix our eyes on Jesus because he's the author and the perfecter of our faith. He's the one that we need to be looking at. He's the one that we need to fix our eyes on. And so we've got to get our eyes back on God. We've got to begin to look at who God is and what he's done and what he's promised. Because when we do that, what happens is the speed of everything else around us starts to slow down. And we get to remember again that our God has not left us. He has not forsaken us, but he is working on our behalf. And so my hope for you as we go through the remainder of this series is that if your faith dial is going down, that these words that I'm about to get to about your God will make that faith dial start going back up. Because we all need that. We all need that in our lives. And so let's get our faith dial back up. And you might be asking how? Simple. Look at God. Look at who he is. Look at what he's done. Look at the promises he's made to you. He is the God that we can count on. And so what I want to do over the next few weeks is I'm going to turn our attention back to some very important foundational ideas about who God is. And so I'm just going to give it to you straight and strong. I'm going to give you the, the, the truth about who God is, the attributes about God. I'm going to give you a little theology. I'm going to give you a little Bible. I'm going to even draw on some pastors, some people that are smarter than me to be able to say some things that we can remember and hang on to. Because how many of us need some things to hang on to right now? You're climbing a wall and you need a grip. Well, these are your grips. These are the things that you can grab hold of so that you might be able to live the life that Jesus promised you. And so, as you look around your world, there's lots of bad news. It just feels like every time you turn on, the, if, if you start your day with the news, good luck. I mean, but that's sometimes what we do. We'll be laying in bed, we'll grab our phone, and we'll go right there. And guys, the bad news becomes something that we see over and over and over. And I think about it, I had this picture of like a, a glass of water, right? And you, you're empty, and you're, you're wanting to be filled. And, and, and so there's this water that's going to be poured into your container, and it's bad news. And you just let it be poured into your container, to the point that maybe it's overflowing in your life. It's pretty hard to have peace and joy and all those things if the only thing you're consuming is bad news. It's overflowing your cup right now. And that's why you feel worried and anxious. And yet what I want to say to you today is let's start pouring some different news in the cup. Let's, let's let that overflow in my life. Now, I'm not saying you don't be smart and maybe check things occasionally, find out what's going on, you know, in case they quarantine to your house or whatever it is, but, but, but make sure you're only allowing certain parts of that into your life because if you allow any more, it will become all-consuming. And depending on your bend, I don't know what your bend is. Some of you bend towards fearful thought. Some of you bend towards anxiety and worry. You might want to cut it out altogether. Because look, uh, it's so important that you have a few people in your life. Maybe they filter it for you. Maybe they call you. Maybe they text you. If, if just in case something bad is really happening, have them communicate with you. But other than that, you might want to just turn it off. 
so that you can experience the good news that God has for you. And so what I want to do is flood you with faith today. I want you to experience a flood of God in your life that overflows your cup and that when the world comes at you, when the fear and the worry and everything comes at you, you have so much in the cup that that stuff can't fit into your life. That you don't ever have to worry about that because your life is so full of God. So I'm going to quit preaching and share a little bit some foundational principles that I think are going to help you about the God that you say you worship. And I don't know... Uh, your experience or kind of what you're going through or, or your journey. And you may not say that you worship Jesus. And that's okay. I'm glad you're here. But my hope is, is that I talk and as I share some things about God, that you would take the opportunity to at least consider it. Because what I want to offer you is that this is a better way. I think God has a better way for you. That you wouldn't have to live in fear. You wouldn't have to be anxious you wouldn't have to be depressed, that you could have the joy of the Lord in your life. And so my heart is for you to take hold of that. And so, so here's the first thing I want you to know about our God. Number one, God is infinite. What does that mean? God is infinite. Well, it means that he's self-existing. Well, we're getting fancy, aren't we? In other words, he's without origin. He didn't really have a beginning. He, 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 and now listen, I'll share it with you. In, in Colossians 1.17, the Bible says that he existed before anything else. So there was no beginning to God. This is important. Matter of fact, it goes on to say in Colossians 1.17 that not only did he exist before anything else, he holds all creation together. He holds all creation together. Can you do that? I can't. And I was reading this, this writer this, this week, and he was saying, sometimes when we get stirred up, just simply ask this question. Can God handle it? Like just, just a simple question, whatever you're dealing with, can God deal with this? And I think it's so important that we come back to center, and this is a reality that God is before any of us even were thought of. He was the one that was before. He was the one that was orchestrating it and thinking about it and doing it. And so that gives me encouragement because what that means is, is that I can live into what he has for me. Listen to this. A.W. Tozer is a great theologian and pastor. He's not around anymore, but he wrote some amazing things. But listen to what he said about, about God being infinite. Grab hold of this. It's so important. To admit that there is one who lies beyond us, who exists outside of all of our categories. Isn't that good? All the categories we have, all the limitations, everything that we've placed on God or even on this virus or in whatever it is, that God is outside of that. Look at that. He's outside of all of our categories, who will not be dismissed with a name. Look at this. Who will not appear before the bar of our reason. In other words, we set a bar of reason. He's outside of that. He doesn't need, he's not contained by our reason, nor submit to our curious inquiries. This requires a great deal of humility for God, more than most of us possess. So we save face by thinking God down to our level, or at least to where we can manage him. I thank God that he can't be managed. I think, God, that, that, that he is the one that I can count on. My best guesses, my science, my reason, my ability, my cognitive ability, all of it is limited. 
That's why God is able to do miracles. That's why he's outside of our ability. That's why we can count on him in the midst of challenges and difficulties. See the foundation. See the foundation that you need to build your life on. See, he is able to do things outside of your ability, your reason, and your categories. I love that. I love that God is not contained by my little brain. God is not contained by my emotions or my will. He's not contained by my feelings. He's not even contained by my reason. That's good news for us. Because when you're going through a hard time, you need somebody like that in your life. Number two, that I think it's important that we see that our God is another attribute of God. And that is that God is immutable. Say immutable. That's a, that's a $300 word right there. God is immutable. What that means is that he never changes. He never changes. That he's consistent when everything else isn't. That we can count on him in the midst of difficulties. God never changes. Let me say it to you again. God never changes. That means that we can count on him. That we can build our life on him. Listen to this in Malachi this, the prophet is, is talking about his God, and he says this in chapter 3, verse 6. He says, I am the Lord. I do not change. That's pretty straightforward. He says, and look at this. That is why you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. And I thought that was interesting. What's he talking about? Well, the people of Israel were God's chosen people. They were his covenant people. And because they were his covenant people... He didn't destroy them. Did they deserve to be destroyed? Well, the Bible says yes. That's important that we see. How many of us have ever been disobedient to God? We are all in the same boat. But I thank God that through Jesus Christ, I am grafted into that relationship. And so when he says I didn't destroy him, that's you and me. That he's not destroying us. He wants us to succeed. He wants us to find victory. And he doesn't change. And so when he says it's true, it's true. So we've got to understand how important it is. Because see, without God, I can't make it. Without him, without that unchanging God in my life, I'm unable to accomplish everything that he wants us to accomplish. I want to read something to you. And this is from a pastor. Uh, and, he, and, he, and he captured this so amazingly. He says, what all this means in terms of what, that God has not changed is very simple. It is that God is dependable. That God is dependable. Our trust in him is therefore confident trust. It's not trust in something that's going to let us down. It's a confident trust. For we know that he will not, uh, indeed cannot change. His purpose, look at this. His purposes are unfailing. Did you hear it? His promises are unassailable. That's a fancy word, isn't it? Unassailable. That just simply means that they are unable. They are unable. His promises are unable to be attacked, questioned, or defeated. Woo! That's good news. That all God's promises are unable to be attacked, questioned, or defeated. And so grab hold of that today. 
It is because of God who promised us eternal life that he's immutable. May we rest assured that nothing, remember this, nothing, not trouble, not hardship, not persecution, come on, or famine. I'm just going to throw in disease or viruses or nakedness or danger or sword shall separate us from the love of Christ. It is because of Jesus Christ. It's because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever that neither angel nor demon, neither the present nor the future, not even powers, heights, depths, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate you or me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That deserves a little praise break. I thank God that none of those things can separate me from him. I thank God that he's dependable, that he's somebody I can count on. He's immutable. Come on. You can build your life on that. When everything else is going crazy, you can build your life on that kind of thing. God is more than able. I just want to pause for a moment and say, some of you have forgotten that. This week even, you've started to forget that God is dependable. You've started to forget. You know what's happened? You've started to look at maybe the news, maybe the government, maybe the president. I don't know. But you've started to look at these things as your source. But somehow these are the things you count on. And all those things are good, and I pray for them. I pray for our leaders. They make wise decisions. But guys, very clearly, you have to understand that they are not our source. They are not the one that we depend on. The one that we depend on is God. And he is beyond our comprehension. He is more than able to do all that he says he will do. And that he's dependable, that we can count on him. Well, I got more. There's a couple more. I mean, those are pretty good. But number three, number three, God is self-sufficient. God is self Sufficient. In other words, he has no needs. He, he's not needy. He's not needy like any of us. He's complete in and of himself. Listen to this in John 5, 26. The father has life in himself and he has granted that same life giving power to himself or I mean to his son. In other words, he has life inside him. He's not in need of life being imparted into his life. Does that make sense? And so he, he's more than able to start life, stop life, start life, stop life. He's not affected by it. That's what makes him self-sufficient. Now, why is that important? Well, because it means that he can satisfy all your needs that he can satisfy all your needs. If he's the source, if he's the one that has everything, if he's the one that, that, that is self-sufficient, then that means that he can do a work in your life. That means that, that all the worry, all the worry that everything around you is going to dry up, that the toilet paper is never coming back, that we're never going to be able to have this, that, or the other. Guys, we have to remember that even though things might be drying up, our God is not drying up. He's sufficient. He has everything. He can satisfy any needs you have. Never forget that God is not drying up and that he has the goodness, the peace, the mercy, the grace, everything that you need. Now, listen, 
Ephesians 3.20, you've probably, you've probably heard this verse, but put it in context. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, immeasurably more than all of us can ask, imagine, according to whose power? Yours? No. God? Yeah. Government? No. Family? Savings? Stock market? No, no, no. God. God. God is more than able by his power to work within us. That's a promise for you. He's able to satisfy all your needs. Look at me. He's able to satisfy all of your needs. Don't ever forget that. You may be going down, but just know that God has the ability to bring you up. He has the ability to meet whatever need you have. And guys, I don't know if you've ever heard that song about how we fight our battles. Maybe you've heard it. You can probably download it. This is how we fight our battles. But you know, one of the things I love about that song is it talks so much about how worship is critical to it. That the way that we fight our battles, the way that we deal with the deficiencies and the things that we're concerned about or worried about or, or whatever, it's not hurry. It's not getting in the fast lane. It's not trying harder. No, no. It's about being in the slow lane. It's about abiding more. It's about being with the God who has the ability to deal with our problems. And the way that we get our brain right is not just through saying prayers, but by worshiping by lifting high his name, by saying on this battlefield, my weapon is worship. That I'm going to worship this worry. I'm going to worship this fear to the ground. That these things will not control me because my God is more than able. And I know that there's some in this room and somebody that's tuning in right now, you need to hear that. You need to hear that God is more than able to satisfy all of your needs abundantly he can do it. He is not on empty. He is not worried. He's not uh, uh, wondering how he's going to pay the bills. It's not where he's at. He's more than able. And so we've talked about God being what? We've talked about God being infinite. We've talked about God being immutable. We've talked about God being self-sufficient. And now listen to this. And this will be my last one because I know I've probably blown your brain. Just <laughs> it's a lot of theology, a lot of Bible. But listen, 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 listen. Number four. Hmm. God is omnipotent. You know what that word means? Omni means all. Potent means power. God is all powerful. Now, why is that good news? Well, that means out of everything I just said, he has the ability to make it happen. That he has the power to make it happen. Listen to this in Psalm. The Psalms are so encouraging. You might want to be reading them right now. But listen, in Psalm 33, verse 6, it says, The Lord merely spoke, and the heavens were created. Can you do that? No. He breathed the word and the stars were born. I love that. I love that my God has the ability to create stars out of his mouth. I can't do it, but he can. I'm not omnipotent, neither are you, but you serve a God that is. 
You serve a God that's more than able. Listen to this. I, I got to read this to you. This is from this pastor. He wrote this. He said, God's attributes or, or God's attribute of omnipotence means that God is able to do all that he desires to do. When he plans something, it will come to be. If he purposed something, it will happen. Watch this. Nothing can prevent his plans. Look, did it say something? Did it say kind of a little bit? No, it says nothing can prevent his plans. When his hand is stretched out to do something, no one, no one, no virus can turn it back. Omnipotence comes from the Latin word omni, which means all, and potence means powerful. God's, look at this, God's decisions are always in line with his character, and he has all the power to do whatever he decides to do. <laughs> Guys, if you're wondering whether or not God is able to do all the things he said he can do, be encouraged today. That he is more than able, that he is powerful enough to follow through, that he is who he says he is, he's going to do what he says he's going to do, and he has the ability and the power to do it. So whatever situation you're in today, be encouraged today. Get out of the fast lane. Turn the news off. Stop letting things be poured into your life that are creating fear and worry. Shut those things down and begin to allow the Spirit of God to pour into you faith and joy and all the things that comes from God and not just faith and joy, but power to accomplish them. And so if you move on into the slow lane, just know that you have a God that can keep you there, that you have the power in you because of the Holy Spirit living in you that you can live in that place. And so here's all the things that we've got to see. We've got to focus on God being self-sufficient. We have to focus on God being immutable. We've got to focus on God being infinite. We've got to focus on God being omnipotent. But the thing that we got to just drill down on, and those are fancy words, and those are things that, that you buy and pay a lot of money for those fancy words. You've got to see how it's practical in your life. Theology that's not practical is pointless. And the thing that you've got to understand is that God says to us, these things so that we understand that he's more than able, that he's more than able to do something in your situation, that there's nothing that he can't do. If he promised it, it can come to pass because he promised it, that he has the power to complete it. Guys, this should make us excited rather than defeated. This should give us confidence in a God who's dependable rather than a God who can't. My God is more than able to do all that he says he'll do. And so today, guys, don't forget that. Over the next week, wherever you are in the world today, don't ever forget that God is more than able, that he has everything under control, and that he can do what he says he'll do. He has the power to do it. And I just thank God that that's true. And my hope and prayer for you today is that you grab hold of that and that you won't get pushed around by the enemy who's trying to tell you that you can't have it. And Jesus says to you, can. That his purpose is to give you a life that's abundant. And my hope and prayer is that you'll grab hold of that today. I want to pray for us. God, I thank you. I thank you for the fact that you are more than able. 
every person that's in reach of my voice, God, would you remind them today? Would you remind them in whatever moment they're watching this video that, Lord, you're more than able, that you're immutable, that you're unchanging, you're, you're someone we can count on. Lord, thank you for that. If you're struggling right now, I just want to encourage you. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that the love of God would come, the grace and the mercy of God would come, that you would experience just the peace and the presence of God right now. God, would you encourage your people to build them up, to strengthen their faith? Hope is rising. Faith is rising. God, would you, would you do that? If that's you if, you, if you want that, just say, God, I need it. God, I want it. And I believe God has the ability to deliver it to you because he has the power to do so. So just receive it now. It's important that you understand that these attributes of God are not fully understood without understanding that God is a loving God. He's described in the scriptures to us as God is love. All of these things are true about God, but, but that one, that one, that one is special. The way that we see this is the Bible says that Jesus Christ, God's son, came into this world and died for you and for me. And you know what that means? That means that all of the promises of God can be true in my life simply because of a relationship with Jesus. And so I just want to encourage you today, if you've never taken that step of faith, if you've never walked into that relationship with God, that today would be your day, that you would put your faith and your trust in a God that loves you, that yes, he's all of these things and you get all of it. But most importantly, you've got to understand that he's a God that loves you. And we see that in the work of Jesus. And so I just want to invite you to take a step of faith today. The Bible says that if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is who he says he is, that he'll come in and that he'll not only save you, but he'll give you everything you need to live the abundant life that Jesus promises. And so I want to be able to pray with anybody that desires that. And so if you wouldn't mind, let's all bow our heads. And if you're on the other end of that screen, man, just bow your head now. I just want to pray with you. Matter of fact, just repeat this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I need a savior. I can't save myself. I need you. So God, would you save me? Would you be Lord of my life? I surrender everything to you. Will you help me? Will you not only give me eternal life, but, but will you give me the power to live the life that you've called me to? God, I receive your grace. 
I receive joy. I receive peace. I receive patience. I, I receive self-control. I receive all these things from you as gifts that you give me. And I choose to follow you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen.